Hey, this is Andy from the TGP Fit Podcast, where we discuss functional fitness, health, well-being, and becoming your best version. If you're looking to be your best in the gym, on the competition floor, or just in everyday life, listen in with Carter Douglas, the creator of The Game Plan, and myself. We'll be discussing topics and strategies that you can put to practice right away to build long-term habits for life. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast. That's the TGP Fit Podcast. And I'm your host, Andy, with Carter Douglas here. G'day guys. Today we're talking with Jackie's series. Jackie's series is has the Australian best performance from 1982 on the 1500 meter walk. So, and also she is, what was it, 2019? Masters HQ world champ as That's well. That's the one. That's the one. For the 50 to 54 division. So she's definitely um, notable in that area. But uh, yeah, welcome to the show, Jackie. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. So first of all, I love that you can walk a 7 minute 16, 1500 meter. That is faster than most people's run times. How long ago was that? A very long time ago, 1982. And if I did it now, don't reckon I'd come anywhere near it. How old were you when you set that record? It's under 13, so 12. How long were you competing in athletics for? I think at the time it was under eights it started. I think these days they go even under sixes, under sevens. But I think I started under eights. So it would have been seven. Um, every year, my mum was one of the coaches, so athletics was just part of my life, really. Like I was always better at the um, long distance stuff and the walking, sprinting wasn't even my forte. But um, yeah, so from, from seven years old and then pretty much as soon as I won that state championships because I'd come second every year to the same girl, as soon as I won, I quit. <laughs> Finishing on a win. Finishing That's exactly on a what I was doing, yeah. Defend your title now. <laughs> yeah. So did you actually enjoy walking for pace or was it just because you were good at it? Um, no, I did enjoy it. I've always been competitive, so... Um, I've always seemed to like to chase something um, and I think that's why when I eventually won I actually quit because even back then I was a little bit like I've got it. I didn't quite know um, what else I could do past that. They didn't have under 14s at that stage. I think they came um, a year later. I think I missed probably one year. It stopped at that stage at under 13s. These days I think it goes to under 17s. Um, but at that stage, uh, little athletics stopped at under 13s. So I had to sort of go elsewhere and find something else. And being a 12-year-old, I really wasn't interested at that stage. I'd sort of done what I wanted to do, so stop there. Fair enough. Finish on a win. Yeah. So we're going to skip forward a few years now. You're currently in the CrossFit slash functional fitness scene. How long have you been doing that for? Uh, CrossFit, about six and a half years. Um, I was at originally just before that at a, um, like a circuit boxing gym and one of the girls there, um, kept going on about this CrossFit and I was like, I had no clue what it was, but she kept throwing workouts at us. My, one of my very first workouts was fight gone bad and <laughs> she'd thrown that at us and, and, you know, she would organize us in the gym and, and work everything out. And we probably did half of it completely wrong, but at the time we were like, this is what it is. So a couple of us then sort of started to do our little, had our little groups of um, CrossFit and about six months into doing that, just at this boxing gym, 
I decided to look for a CrossFit gym and so ended up um, in a place in Cannondale about six and a half years ago. And prior to your CrossFit journey, how long were you training for in a gym scenario? Uh, it was on and off over the years, really. Um, before CrossFit was probably only a couple of years at the boxing gym. Um, previously to that, like having a couple of children and, and stuff, it was sort of, it was hit and miss. I went to like a local, um, you know, the local rec centre after my second boy was born. He was six weeks old, lasted six weeks, had no motivation, couldn't really be bothered. And then, um, you know, sort of got into a bit of a rut of um, sitting up with my bottle of wine every night and drinking a bit and, um, yeah, just got to a stage where I just sort of went, what am I doing? So I found the boxing gym and then um, went from there with CrossFit. But really before CrossFit, it was hit and missing all over the place for, for probably 10 years previously on and off. So there was nothing consistent. Yeah, okay. You said that you've had well, a couple of children. How old are those, just for the listeners? Um, Caden is 13 and Mitchell turns 19 in a few weeks. By Caden, you mean uh, little Arnie, right? Yeah, little Arnold's fortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so CrossFit for six and a half years now. What would you say CrossFit or functional fitness has actually done for you across this time? Um, it's given me the opportunity to do things that I wouldn't normally, um, like if I went to a park and started doing handstands or stuff, yeah, people are going to look at me like you're crazy, like you're a bit silly. And I've always liked to do things, um, a little bit of all that odd, I suppose what you'd call odd object or odd movements or, you know, gymnastics or stuff like that. But starting when I was older, like 43 or 44, whatever I was starting when I was older, I just couldn't go to a normal gym and do anything like that. So for me, CrossFit has just given me that variance of just being able to, you know, walk on my hands and lift weights and just just feel young, feel young again. Feel, feel like I can do things without people looking at you going, what is she doing? Because everybody else is doing the same thing in the gym you're at. And you just mentioned it's, it was about 43 when you started. How old are you now, just for the listeners? 51 this year, 51 in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And you've made it into some solid competitions around the functional fitness scene. How long have you been competitive for? That can um, go back, I mean, have you been competitive your whole life? You did mention about when you were a child as yeah, well. Yeah, I've definitely been competitive. I've, uh, I've always liked to compete um, in whatever sport I've been in. Um, so obviously the little athletics, um, you know, it was just, I suppose I, I almost grew up knowing no different because mum was a coach down there and... Um, it was just part of life. I didn't question any of that. And then I've also had horses since I think I got my first horse when I was about 12. Um, did a bit of um, little barrel racing sort of stuff and that nothing sort of really major, sort of little pony club things. And then I think I was probably, um, I was in my 20s when I started to get really competitive with horse riding. It was just um, like little breed shows, a little bit of um, what we call unofficial hacking um, that sort of thing and um, got very competitive with that. Uh, when CrossFit came along, I was still competing in with the horses, royal shows and that sort of thing. Um, but it came to a point I got in so deep into CrossFit and started to look around and go, oh, what am I competing in this as well? 
that something had to give. You, you have to put a lot of time into horses and if you want to compete CrossFit, you've got to train for it. So I had to make the decision whether it was going to be horses or CrossFit and I'd sort of done my horsey time and there are a lot of money and a lot of work and I ended up just choosing CrossFit. So. Hmm. And how many years would you say you've been competitive in the CrossFit world? Was that pretty much not long after actually starting? or My first CrossFit comp was uh, one of the affiliate series um for niche crossfit and that was probably four years ago was the year rob forte came over oh the all stars Um, the the, all stars yeah teams affiliate yeah Yeah. so i did a couple of teams comps first and then um and i sort of yeah got a bit of the bug through that and i think my first competition was um one of the down south battle of the southwest i think they call it yeah one of those ones probably yeah, that probably was about the same time. I did a few comps in a row, so probably about four-ish years ago. Yeah. yeah. And your first individual, I remember us having a conversation that you actually competed against Claire, my partner, didn't you? Yes, I yeah. did. That was, yeah, that, that was my first comp. That was um, intermediate because they didn't really have any Masters yeah. um, categories back then. So, yeah, I, I just competed intermediate for a while. And I remember Claire distinctly, actually, because um, both her and... Um, Another lady, Brooke, Ray's wife. Oh, yes. They yeah. were both in that competition. And I, I don't know why I remember them both distinctly. It was probably because they were the girls I was chasing, actually, to be honest. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I remember Claire very distinctly and remember Brooke very distinctly from that comp. And I think we all came in the top five of that competition. So, And I suppose they're the names you remember. You always remember the ones you're chasing. So. The ones that were close by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones, the ones, that, the run, ones that were, are around you at the time, yeah. So that was only a couple of years into CrossFit and even back then you were giving the young guns a run for their money. <laughs> yeah. Do you still try to? <laughs> I'd like to say, no, I do my own thing, but of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, I definitely do. I definitely still, these days I'm a little bit more, um, I suppose, accepting of my age where um, when it comes to um, especially weights and things like that, I definitely sort of, go, well, okay, I don't need to be PBing. I don't need to be um, killing myself with weights. So I am I like to still definitely chase them when it comes to cardio and it comes to a, you know, just an all-round award. But when it comes to weights and things like that, then I sort of back off a bit and go, yeah, I don't need to be doing that. But, yeah. Do you ever play the age card? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if they pip you and try to rub it in, you'll probably play that one. I'll go, well, yeah got 30 years on me <laughs> and then when you beat him you play that same card yeah yeah, yeah. like why you could beat someone you know i've got 30 years on you. <laughs> i hope you're listening to this one connor, connor. I remember that time I, yeah. that you uh lost 20.2 against jackie <laughs> she's gonna hold that one against you forever i will i, I hang on to those wins that's for sure <laughs> so that's well pretty much where you started with competition what was being or what has been your most recent competitions or your most recent achievements more so? Well, the Masters HQ, um, definitely. Um, that was last year. What was that, October last year? Uh, yeah, it would have been September, October. September, October last year. Yeah, the Masters HQ in Queensland. So um, it took a lot for me to actually go, like trust myself enough to go for that because initially – um, you know, the online comps are always fun. You have everybody in the gym and everyone's doing them and, and they're always fun and you want to see where you stack up against everybody else, you know, online. 
and uh, obviously a lot less pressure because it's online, you're doing them in your own gym and you don't get as stressed and everything. So I'd sort of, um, I'd always wanted to do some sort of competition like that, like something a little, you know, bigger than your normal local competition. And master specific. And master specific, definitely. Um, so when Masters HQ came up and we started all the online workouts, I was the only 50 to 54 here in Western Australia doing it in the, um, the RX division. Um, so I really didn't have much of an idea how I was really going to stack up against other ladies. You can obviously see your scores online, but you don't know whether people work better in their own gyms and, you know, all that sort of thing. So when I first started, I, my idea was just to see how I went. And, you know, and then I sort of was halfway through went to the semi-finals again I was competing against nobody I was by myself but I wanted to do it obviously I could go straight through um, to Queensland but I still wanted to do the semi-final because it was just all I've always been a very nervous competitor in CrossFit even with horses very nervous competitor to the point where just before um, you know I'd go out to ride the horse or um, work out in CrossFit like I'd feel physically sick and so I sort of thought, well, just doing the semi-final was just another competition under the belt, even though I wasn't up against anyone, but, you know, people around you and people watching you. Um, so I did that and, of course, you know, <laughs> won because I was by myself. Um, and then I just made a promise to myself that you go all the way or what's the point? So um, they said, yep going to Queensland because my partner, he had done um, the open part of it and he'd made it through on the semi-finals as well. So we just said, nope, we're definitely going to go to Queensland. Just let's go for the experience and just let's see what happens. So um, going to Queensland was probably, it's it's by far the best thing I've done CrossFit-wise. Easy because it ended up giving me the confidence just to believe in myself that I could do it, like regardless of the win but that I could actually just go out there and the competition itself was so well run that I really, um, the nerves that I'd always had, it's probably the least nervous I've ever been in a competition because everything was so um, professional. You knew what time, like there was no waiting as in you knew what time you were on, you knew what was going on. Everything was bam, bam, bam. It, it was just, it was run to a T. So I don't know, I didn't, the, the nerves didn't really come up as much with that. It was, a, it was a very different feeling to what I've ever had in a competition before, that's for sure. And, and, and because of that, it's given me the confidence to say, yeah, I'll, I'll go do another one. Like I wouldn't even think twice about it. That's cool. I know I didn't get to experience the Masters HQ Worlds, but I did go to the uh, individual Worlds last year and the team Worlds. And my experience with that one was very, very similar with the, how well run the competition mm. was. What I found from also experiencing across a lot of local or more amateur uh, levels of competition is how well run the comp is makes the athletes feel a lot more be a lot better about their performance, a lot better about themselves because there is far less that they have to try and control. Yeah, so much less to think about. I think yeah. is the thing because you just know you're just going out to do a job, or you know you're just going out to do what you need to do. Then it's done it's finished there's nothing else that you have to yeah there's nothing else you really have to think about yeah very different to yeah your local comp but I, I suppose that also comes with um 
you know, lo local competitions don't, I suppose, um, have access. I mean, these days we've been really lucky that um, the last lot of local competitions we've had, we don't have to judge. You know, people are starting to realise that you don't want to go to a competition and have to judge as well. Like you want to go there and just do your, um, you know, your workouts, do your job, what you have to do, but you don't want to have to then go, oh, hang on, I'm, I'm, I'm on for judging. Like what, you know, so it does, it makes a difference when it's professionally run and everything's just, you just go out, do your workout and you leave. Mm. You've also the last two years, I believe, got to experience the age group online qualifiers, which is like the master's version of, I suppose, regionals or sanctionals. It's mm. the next step after the open. They're obviously done in your own gym, open-esque style. Now, you said your one of the best things you've done in CrossFit was competing in the Masters HQ. What was your experience around competing online twice across those two years for the age group online qualifiers? Were they big achievements for you? or And how did you find them competing in your own gym with such a high level of competition? Um, yeah, definitely up there with the um, Masters HQ experience-wise, um, knowing that you're, you can then see a worldwide score, I suppose, up against everybody else, that's, that's pretty cool. And they definitely, um, <laughs> you find your gaping holes in CrossFit with that sort of thing. I've never been under any illusion, you know, over those two years that I'm fighting to go to the games. I mean, they only take top 10 masters of each age group. Um, but it's just pretty cool to be able to go in there and and do them and just I love being able to see what I've done, even if it's, you know, down the bottom of the the um, the category. I mean, I love to be able to see how I'm stacking up against everybody else. And and you know, you you always watch the um, you know, the ladies or the people in your category that are at the top. So you'll always find them on Instagram or wherever you can find them and see what, you know, what they do, how they do it and all the rest of it. So I love being able to see how I stack up against them like that. And it seems to be, it's a pity because to me it looks like the category from 45 to 49 and then it goes to 50, it halves. So a lot of people, whether or not it's hormones and everything play a part with, People, you know, women are starting to go into menopause and all this sort of stuff. But the category, people just seem to drop off at 50, which is a real pity. But um, it's still cool to be able to see, you know, where you're stacking up against the rest of the world, I suppose. Well, you're five to six years, well, sorry, six or so years in the crosshead, about four to five into actual competition. How have you found ageing has affected you across this time and hormones, menopause, all that sort of stuff. How have you found that affected you? Um, I've learned now to just sort of go, you know, you turn up to the gym one day and you just really don't feel like doing it. <laughs> you really feel like you're dragging. And, I, you know, everybody has those days, whether it be whether you're hormonal or, you know, it's menopause or whatever, everybody has those days where you just have bad training days, good training days. But I think for women, older women coming into menopause, um, pre-menopause and that, it's, you really need to listen to yourself a lot more. I mean, we say this all the time that you should listen to your body and, and all this sort of stuff, but it's so much more important because 
there's absolutely, I've really learned that there is absolutely no point in pushing myself if I really, really feel like this is sitting in a corner and crying, basically, because, that, you know, that's how you turn up. You might turn up to the gym and you look around and there's not one reason why, but you want to go sit in the corner and cry all day. <laughs> so there's no point in just sort of going, oh, but my coach has told me I've got to do this workout, so I better do it. Like, it just, it doesn't work. So you just have to, yeah, I've just learned now that I really, I make sure I have my days off. I have, I've have two days off a week um, these days, never done that before, but I make sure that I have the two days. You know, there was a time where I wanted to train six, seven days a week and if I had a day off, I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do with myself? Whereas now I'm like if I don't have those two days off, I'm like, oh, I haven't had my two days off during a week. But, and, but it works and I feel like I'm, I'm getting fitter and stronger by doing less. Um, and whether or not that's hormones, I don't know, but I just know that, you know, if I feel like sitting in the corner and crying, then just give it up for the day. Do you feel like even when you're, because you're a little bit older in a class, you're, yeah. but you're still very elite, do you still feel that the age plays a big part in, in the nerves itself? No, not in nerves, no. That, that's, just, that's just me as a competitor, I suppose, or um, whether it be, you know, we all say, Training's training, you know, you're only competing against yourself and all this sort of thing. But, you know, you, you do still have that that thing in the gym where you still sort of go, oh, you know, I don't really want to be the last one to finish or whatever. But these days, yeah, I'm so much better with that now. I just, it doesn't, I'm, I'm really good at, my, at telling myself now that it, it doesn't matter. It, it is me against me. I never used to do that, never used to do that. But just since Queensland, for some reason, I'm a lot better with just sort of going, oh, it doesn't matter, you do the best you can on the day and if it comes off, it comes off and if it doesn't or you learn something, you move on. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, even curious about your the way you train. So before, I guess when you started out with CrossFit, you came into a class, I'm assuming, and you just, yep. yeah, you just uh, did the class programming. When you started to become more uh, competitive, did you seek out um, more personalized training? Yeah, for sure. I, when I started to chase that top 200, um, when I, I sort of started to get a little bit close, um, I think the first CrossFit Opens I was in, I don't think I ever competed in the 40 to 44 for CrossFit Open, it was when I was in the um, 45 to 49. Um, and when I started to sort of, I suppose, look at where I was coming, I, I sort of went, oh, okay, like I could this, you know, I, I could do all right here. So I sought out um, some additional programming just to get me there. Um, I came 201 for <laughs> the, the first year that I really went for it. Um, and the funny thing was I'd actually ended up, you know how the leaderboard shifts when you think it's closed mm. but there's still like a tiny little shift? I finished at 202. And I said to my coach at the time, Jen Smith, I said, well, the only thing worse than 202 is 201. And then the next morning we woke up and I went, oh, 201. <laughs> 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 and that was in the 45 to 49. That was probably four-ish years ago. And then since then I've, yeah, just started to seek out like extra programming and try and, um, you know, fill my holes, I suppose, and, and get better at the things that I wasn't better. And obviously moving from the 45 to 49, there was a big drop-off in numbers. 
Um, so to make the top 200 for me where I was, was it, it was a lot easier because the numbers pretty much cut in half. Um, so now my focus is how far up can I get that 200? Like how close can I get to that top 10 of, you know, the games or whatever. But mm, um, mm. rather than just saying I want to make the top 200, I'm very well aware that it's a lot easier. So let's see how far. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I'm guessing, uh, oh, here's a question, the volume of training uh, as you've been giving the um, personalized uh, coaching, has it increased over these last four years? Um, it's been smarter. I think since, since being with Carter, it's been smarter. So um, I can say, I wouldn't say the volume's gone up. It's, it's just been smarter training. So um, again, you know, I make sure I have my two days off now um, and that's working, definitely working for me. And I'm not doing, like I've done a lot more volume of training before, like a lot more volume of training, but my body didn't really appreciate it. And, mm -hmm. I, and I think at this age I don't need to be doing that volume, you know. There's just certain things that I should be doing and certain things I shouldn't be doing, you know, if I feel good on a certain day and, and I have some lifting and it's go for a heavy, then yeah, I might go for one rep max on something, but would I just try and max out? No, I, it's, I've really, I have really learned to listen to my body and my, my training's definitely smarter. It's not more volume as such. It's just, it's just smarter training. I mean, I, I don't think I couldn't just do classes and, um, you know, see how far I can push it. I need that extra but it's just smarter extra, not volume extra. So speaking about that before, about how you now chase out like individual design work and wanted to help you along. Now, I know you because I'm your coach, but you're a general human being. You, you have a life outside of CrossFit. Oh, yeah. You have many other responsibilities. And a lot of people would see someone who can compete at a world level and especially win at a world level and be like, She's 100% in, that's all she does, trains six hours a day, you know, does the Michael Phelps where he swims six hours a day, eats 10,000 calories. Mm -hmm. I know that's not quite true for you. No. And especially, you know, being a master's athlete, you do have to be mindful of that. And being a master's athlete, generally more responsibilities happen, you know, like we talked about before, kids, etc. What are some of your main priorities in life? Or what does your life even just generally look like on a day-to-day -day basis as a rough idea? Well, obviously, yeah, I work. I don't work full time. I'm very lucky. I've been in a job for the last 25 years that I basically make my own hours and that's with dog grooming. Um, so I basically do what has been booked for the day and once I'm done, I'm finished. So I could, I start pretty much every day at eight, but you know, if I work till three o'clock, that's a long day for me. So um, generally I finish sort of around two-ish. Um, training has just you know, I've made it, it's just a habit, it's just a routine, it's part of my life and it's just something else I do every day apart from obviously my days off. So, um, yeah, but I've still got to get home and, you know, feed kids and all the rest of it. So um, it's very, I'm very much um, a habitual person. Like there has to be, I like things to be in their own, their times, their pockets, how it works. For me, I'm not a very good trainer first thing in the morning. I will do it if, I, if I'm absolutely forced to. Um, but my, you know, my routine is go to work at 8, finish by 2-ish, go to the gym, do what I need to do, 
go home, be home. You know, if I'm home much later than six, in my head I start to stress out because I need to get dinner and stuff. I'm very routine. I have everything very much planned out. And, and for me that works because that's just my day. So training is part of my day. It's not something that I'm dragging my feet to go to. It's just there and it's just part of my day and that I just make it that that habit that's I like going to work, like earning money. It just has to be there, so I just do it. No thought otherwise. And then you add the kids in there, like you've got the, the kids' sporting commitments, the kids' commitments, you do yeah. all that sort I'm of I'm very lucky, I suppose, um, with that, that both my boys um, – uh, into CrossFit now as well. So they're not massively into CrossFit. Mitchell plays football, so, you know, but that's a Sunday, so I'll go and watch that on a Sunday. Caden, obviously, he likes his little bodybuilding um, stuff, but CrossFit as well. But we've got a little home set up as well, so he, you know, does a lot of his stuff at home and then he comes to CrossFit with the teens classes there. So I'm very lucky with that. I haven't had to run around as much with the boys um, as some other parents have to do, I suppose, on weekends and things like that. But even when I did, I still, it was still just routine. I fit my training in, you know, when I'd done their stuff or before I'd done their stuff. So I've just always made it a part of um, my life. And to be honest, the CrossFit now is a lot easier than when I had horses and doing horse stuff because that takes a lot longer. So once I sort of stopped competing with horses and went into CrossFit, it was actually a lot easier to squeeze in. Yeah, okay. So what would you do without fitness? If fitness magically oh, disappeared gosh, and you couldn't no, do that I couldn't, I don't, I'm not sure that's something I could even think about. Like, So it's that important of a part of your life? Just, it is. It's just good. part of what I do. So it's, um, yeah. I mean, when with all the COVID um, shutdowns um, initially, I think because I'm such a – habitual person so routine I really stressed out and and I'm sure like so many people did because everybody was like oh, the gym close what are we gonna do but of course there's so much more you can still do outside and you just have to um you know reorganize and I did you know survive did a lot more running than what I would do and obviously bought some things but even if we didn't buy um our little home setup that we ended up buying, um, you know, you can still do so much more outside and when the gym's closed. But it was just that habit of where it fit, you know, going to the gym, go home, you know, leave work, go to the gym, go home. It was just that habit that was broken. It's like smoking. I was a I was a 40-plus day smoker there for a very, oh very gosh. long time. I used to smoke um, uh, Rollies, the old Stockman's Rollies, because I simply didn't want to see how much I was smoking because I'd go through a pack of 40. So I figured if I smoked, like, Rollies, then I didn't, I wouldn't see how much I was smoking because you can't count them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know whether to be impressed by 40 plus a day. I'm so I'm a very, I like my habits. Like, I'm a very, I become addicted to things, I suppose, and whether it be, like, smoking or the horses or CrossFit or I have... Um, these addictions that I just fit into my life and that's where they go. So That's really cool, especially to hear about the, the smoking thing and being able to transition from that and into a whole different kind of focus as well with fitness. Well, I suppose, yeah, well, that leads me to, I suppose, why I ended up switching around. Um, uh, 1995, my brother passed away. Now, I was um, um, smoking 40 cigarettes a day, having... Um, you know, quite a bit of the recreational 
um, marijuana smoke. Um, and that was just how I lived my life back then. And then I sort of fell into what I call my little black hole for a couple of years. And then I sort of came out of that period and just went, what are you doing to yourself? You know, like I was 50 kilos. I mean, I weigh like 57 now, seven kilos of my body was a lot. Um, I just, I looked terrible. I looked gray. I, I was just skinny. I just, and I just sort of woke up out of this fog and just went, what are you doing? So I sort of threw those addictions and then went looking for something else, which at the time was sort of like horses. That's when I, I started to compete with horses and stuff back then. And it was just sort of, I suppose, switching a focus from sitting around drinking wine, smoking every night to switch to another habit, to another addiction. And yeah. went from the horses, the CrossFit addiction and just, yeah. How long did that transition take to make from making, uh, going and deciding that you want to basically ditch all those you know, bad habits? I'm, I think, I don't know whether I'd call it lucky or um, what, but when I make a decision on something, it's done overnight. So yeah. I woke up one morning um, and just basically looked at myself in the mirror. Look, it was actually a photo. Someone had showed me a photo of um, myself and my husband at the time. Um, and I looked at this photo and I just went, oh, my gosh, you look terrible. Like, you look grey, you look skinny, like arms were really skinny and everything. And um, I looked at this photo and just went, what are you doing? And then I got up the next morning, chucked cigarettes in the bin, basically packed my dog up, left the husband, left everything. Wow. And just walked out and just switched, um, yeah, just, just flipped the switch and just went, can't do that anymore, you're going to kill yourself. Like a huge wake-up call. Yeah, and and... The way my brother had passed away as well was um, because that was through drugs and alcohol. Um, the drugs were all prescription drugs that were supplied by doctors. So that was a little bit of a um, messy, messy time. So, um, yeah, I sort of, I, I think that sort of helped me sort of just wake up and look at things from a different angle. It took me two years to sort of come out of that fog. But when I did, I just sort of went, this basically just, Woke up and went, this isn't the way I want to live my life. Yeah, okay. That's good you did. I'm glad you did. Yes, so am I. <laughs> yeah. Just um, back onto the uh, topic of, uh, of how meticulous you are with all your habits, especially around fitness and your life and having that structure. Is nutrition the same way with you? Um, it, it can be. I go through stages. I certainly don't eat badly. I certainly eat um, as well as I... <laughs> As well as I feel like, like if, if I decided tomorrow that I needed to, I don't know, get rid of this, that and the other thing out of my diet, and so I would switch that overnight as well. Um, I find it easy if I decide to do something to focus on that and just do it. So whether or not be a switch of, um, you know, like I recently did a 30-day um, carb cycle challenge. So... I just focus for that 30 days and then I just do it. Um, I, I wouldn't, I certainly don't eat perfectly all the time. I've certainly got my, you know, bad habits and things that I like and stuff. But by saying that as well, I don't really um, limit myself these days. Like, because I, I, I look at it like I want to do well in CrossFit and to help me I need to eat well not drink a lot of alcohol, but I won't sit there and say, you are not allowed this and you are not allowed that and you're not allowed that as well because 
I want to live my life as well. So, um, you know, I'll have a couple of wines on the weekend or something like that. But I also know that I can't do that every night. Hmm. Yeah, that's great because I guess it's, you're not making it such a neurotic thing. You, it's you're still no. living your life the way you want to. Yeah, I am not strict. I don't have cheat meals and all the rest of it. I don't do anything like that. If I really feel like something, I just eat it. Hmm. Um, but I also know that if I'm going to have a couple of wines one night, I accept the fact that my training the next day may not be that great. Mm, but yeah. I won't sit there and, and, and drink wine every night or anything like that because I know I can't do that. But I don't limit myself. I don't say, no, you're not allowed to do that because I think that's a recipe for disaster, especially with women. Yeah. And logging food and stuff does my head in a little bit because, Same. yeah, if I have to <laughs> log food for things, I just go, oh, I become obsessive mm. about food and like, oh, my God, I shouldn't have eaten that because that doesn't fit in with this and some people can do it and it's really, really good and it works really well, but it does my head in. <laughs> yeah, no, I've experienced that for a bit. And it, it's it, all you think about. It is. It's all you think about. And you think about when, like, your next meal, how you're going to eat it, like, and, and whether it's going to fit or if you feel like something, how you're going to work it. It yeah. just does my head in. Like even at the end of the day where you know you have to get like a certain amount of fat in. So you're like, I'll have half a cashew. Yeah. I'll have like a two spoons of oatmeal. That'll do me. It's like I did this 30-day carb challenge and I was running around over night time trying to find things before I went to bed to fit everything because I was either lacking or I was over or I hadn't eaten enough fat. So I was like, where are the avocados? <laughs> I'm like, I'm just about to go to bed. Like, <laughs> That's what, good. No. What do you mean, Andy? You have experienced that. You still currently experience that. I've lived <laughs> with you. I, I can't stop doing it. <laughs> it's become a part of me now. Uh, I think logging food. Every now and then I might log a couple of days just because I'll go, oh, you know, I'll just see where I'm at with yeah. it. But I think logging food and stuff like that to a certain extent, it gives you an idea and then you can go ahead and just you should be able to do it because you you learn by looking at your numbers like mm. and you you know that if you're going to have that muffin on the way home from work it's going to tip you over the edge you don't need to log it to know it yeah you exactly. know so yeah. i just don't think <laughs> i i just think you become for me i become obsessive and i think because of my obsessive addictive personality it's not good for me logging yeah. food's just not good for me <laughs> just adding another thing to log every day it's, it's going to be a nightmare I yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, it's got a question actually. So I was thinking, I was trying to think if I was your age and let's say I didn't do that much fitness, I would feel like at that volume of fitness that you're doing of CrossFit and having that um, coordination with your life and all the busy things that you have going on and the kids, that having that amount of training, would it actually degrade my like longevity, for instance? Gosh, no. First of all, let's actually, Jackie, tell us about what you're actually not what your training looks like but how long do you actually spend in the gym yeah. and roughly how long of that is actually training because people can spend five hours in the gym and mainly train for an hour just because they like yeah, to talk yeah. shit yeah <laughs> so. <laughs> basically um well i will usually get there it depends um if you're programmed class for me so okay so say so this is a, a day where i have um doing the gym class involved as well so um, I generally do the 4.30 to 5.30 class um, and I like to turn up to do my extra programming at about 3 o'clock. So it will give me about an hour and a half beforehand but I'll also look to see if I have like a real sort of cardio piece that's, you know, I've got to really recover from and then the class is cardio or something like that, then I'll sort of, um, you know, I'll have a look at that. But generally on a general basis, I like to turn up about three o'clock, but that's 
a lot because your programming has set rests. There's a, you know, a fair, so that's not like an hour and a half of like flat out training. That's, you know, I mean, today, for example, I had some cleans with two minutes rest in between. So that's, you know, a couple of lifts, two minutes rest, a couple of lifts. So, yeah, I, I turned off about an hour before class today and sort of plotted through all of that. So that's not full on an hour and a half training. So generally I would say I'm in the gym about two and a half hours and that's working through things but not having to go flat out because I have so much to do. And that's on a big day as well. Some days are significantly less as well. Yeah, that's right. Well, I think um, yesterday I only had mobility Mm. before class. So that, yeah, that depends. I think I yesterday I turned up half an hour before class or something. Um, mm. because I had the class to do and it was a real skill type of class. So I basically only had mobility program before that. So it just depends. So I like to be there an hour and a half before any class, but <laughs> I talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I like to see what everyone else is doing and, yeah, potter around a bit too. Yeah, but it is still fun. It still, still is a culture to be around. Oh, definitely, definitely. And that's why um, I couldn't just do I, – I did go through a period there um, – not, not because um, my previous coach was only programming for me. Um, it, like he wasn't intentionally not programming classes. It's just that the time that I was leaving work and getting to a gym because it wasn't chasing better where I'm at at the moment and they didn't have a lot of open gym time and you couldn't do open gym time um, while classes were going on. Um, I was training by myself. Like I wasn't doing any classes at all. And I was just going in there doing, say, an hour and a half training by myself or someone else was around, but generally my training was all by myself. And I found that very isolating. It, I just, um, while I'm motivated enough to go in and train by myself and that doesn't worry me, I also still need to do those classes and, and have that push from other people and just have that so- socialisation while I'm working out as well mm. and, and I just find you know if there's someone else in the class that's um similar to me in um you know the gymnastics strength or whatever I find it great to just bounce off them and, and see how you know you can push yourself so I think I'm a little bit of a lazy trainer <laughs> I think by myself I tend to just cruise along so I need those classes that are another person to push against a lot of the time yeah. Going back to Andy's previous question now, now we've actually established how much you do train. Do you believe that your training does provide longevity for yourself? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, I look around at um, a lot of people my age or even younger um, that don't train or, you know, and I just, you know, they're all talking about their knees are sore or their this is sore, they can't do this or that. Yeah, I just... I look around and you, I'm not going to judge anyone for their choices or what they do. That's everybody's individual choice on how they live their lives or what they do. But I'm also a firm believer in um, not, you know, don't complain about your knees if you're 20 kilos overweight and not doing anything about it. Do you know what I mean? Like I know that sounds, it does sound a little bit judgmental, but it's. I just think, well, come on, surely you know that there lies the problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I sort of if you're the one who's caused it, yeah, that's what I mean. If you're, it. yeah, if you're the one that's caused it, then well, hang on, there is something you can do here. And you know, a lot of the time, it, it just may be um, 
something that's genetic or something you do you know and and that's fine but it's um when it's something that you can do something about through exercise or through diet or it's something you can control mm. then you know come on but yeah definitely has given me longevity i don't feel 51 Till I look in the mirror and then I go, oh, God, <laughs> you got wrinkles. Do you reckon over the next few years your training will have to change? Or are you, do you feel like you're confident enough in knowing your own body that you'll know how to adapt that? And obviously communicating with myself as your coach. Yeah, I feel like I'm really on track. Like I feel like I'm really on track at the moment. Like I feel like um, any issues or anything that, Come up. We'll just address them as they come up. At the moment, everything's just flowing along, and yeah, I have little niggle bits, and you know, everybody does. And I suppose just getting older—that's part of, you know, what comes with it. Things just, I suppose, you know, things aren't as supple as what they used to be, or they're just not, you know. But I feel like I'm really on track at the moment, and I can't see at this stage um, any reason to change anything I'm doing. Until something comes up and then I suppose we'll just look at it and address it. But I'm presuming I might be heading towards 60 and we'll probably have to change something. <laughs> but, you know, I just at the moment we'll just play it day by day and see what happens. But at the moment I feel like it's really on track. Two days a week rest is, is um, I never actually thought I would say, yeah, two days a week rest, yay. I thought I'd, that would, and it did initially like really stress me out when you, <laughs> first sort of suggested like you need two days of a week I was like wait what <laughs> <laughs> that was one of our first conversations when you did come on as a client as well it was around your current works trainings by work I mean your training schedule mm. and I wouldn't necessarily say you're doing more or less volume back then to now but you were just training constantly every single day yeah there was no I was. You time yeah your all my days was. off were active recovery I was yeah. still doing something yeah um I would even just pop in and row or something i mean yeah. the day after a competition i wouldn't take a day off i'd just come in and row or i'd just move or i'd do something whereas now my days off you know i'll just walk the dog down to the park yeah you know, that's good enough for you know. in actual honesty i wasn't looking out for you as your coach i was just wanting a break from you in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure everybody was <laughs> <laughs> so i want to go back to your mindset around you being able to cut things out of your life quite comfortably and quickly just that overnight sort of experience has that been something that's always happened throughout your life or yeah. have you learned that I and think, just learned to care less or? um no it's not that I don't care I think I've just um always been somebody that if I make my mind up about something it's done and over years for as long as I can remember and it's you know I'll go back to having boyfriends in high school if I made my mind up, it was done. It was done. Go away. Finish. Over. Don't don't look back. I've never. Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> I've I I yeah. I couldn't tell you why, but I've just always been somebody that has just gone. No, nah, that's done. Over. Finish. It's just or you know I need to do this. Okay, just do it. So, I think maybe I'm just stubborn. I, I'm not sure what exactly it is, but I've always found it easy just to go, mm, no, done. I mean, I, with with smoking, you know, I'd gone through little different periods of going, maybe I should give up, and I did the hypnosis thing, and I did the patches thing, but I was never real serious. And then I just woke up one morning as 
you know, a 40 plus a day, God knows how much I was smoking, but um, woke up and just went, I don't want to do this anymore. Threw them in the bin, never had one since. And I know people that struggle for years and years and years to give mm. up smoking. So I think that way I'm just lucky that when I make the firm decision on something, I can just go, mm. done. Sounds like even when you're going to the gym every day and on a daily basis, you can make those firm decisions to, you know, get your butt to the gym. Yeah. Um, and even though you may have nerves or you may feel a little bit like off. Yeah. Still like you've already I, made a yeah, decision. Yeah. I think it's definitely that um, habitual thing for me going to the gym is just that um, it's, it, it, I've just made it part of my life. It's just part of what I do. There's no question. There's no thought unless I'm sick. Mm. or I'm really feeling off or something like that. There's just not a question as to whether you go or not on the day. Even changing my days off, last week we did on the Friday night, we did the last HQ, Masters HQ qualifier, mm. and I don't normally train on Fridays. So I was like, oh, my God, it's Friday. I've got to change. <laughs> yeah. I've got to train on a Friday. <laughs> so it was, you know, for me it's almost like a mental, but I don't train Fridays. But, like, I have to get this done. And so I had to take another day off and then that just messes with my head a bit. So yeah, I'm just yeah. a very, yeah, very habitual, very routine. I like my routine. It's like turning up somewhere, um, you know, class starts at 4.30. You don't turn up at 4.32. Do you know what I mean? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just that it's that routine, it's that structure, it's that um, I like to have that. I can't, you know. It's, it's hard for me to waver from, from stuff when someone tries to go, oh, no, but don't do that. Like, just have a day off this day. I go, but I can't. That's my day off. <laughs> yeah. huh. I'm going to change the topics again, going back to your experience at Masters HQ Worlds last year. Yeah. What was your thoughts and opinion on the six tests? Because obviously the Masters HQ Worlds, they didn't have it in the same order as what the IFFF Worlds does, but they still have the same six tests as in aerobic endurance, mixed modal strength, gymnastics endurance, gymnastics strength, and then power. What was your experience going into a comp having almost structure around tests? Not necessarily the finalities in them, but just having the structure. I loved that. Um, I love those six tests because for me, um, as a CrossFitter, I don't feel like I am number one at anything, but I don't feel like I'm at the bottom of anything either. So I've been into competitions before where, like, you can go into a competition and go, oh, well, that favoured this the strong guys or that favoured the gymnastics or that favoured the cardio. Whereas I think having that structure of the six tests, regardless of um, how they're put out or whatever, but this just those six separate tests, for me, I found was just perfect because I always think that with whatever I do, I just slip through the middle mm. and that's how I find I can you come out on top, top because I slip through the middle. I don't come last in anything. I don't necessarily. I think I won one event that weekend. That was the mixed mixed, mixed modal one. Yeah. Um, I got some seconds. Um, I think I got third in the strength. Yeah, third in the strength. But I was equal third with I think three other women. Um, 
but I don't come down the bottom of anything, but I don't necessarily come right up the top of anything either. So for me, those six tests to have those six different, that structure around it, just perfect. I loved it because it said, I just slipped through the middle of everything and then at the end of the weekend I came out on top because I didn't drop too far down mm. on anything. It's interesting hearing your perspective on that because we had James on the podcast recently and he was talking about the structure of those tests and a big thing for the six tests that, one, he believed it tests the most balanced athlete, which is what you should be testing in a functional fitness event, but also the six tests there are structured around providing longevity for the athletes, mm. which I think at a master's level is critical because I see a lot of competitions, regardless of any level, and it's just random junk thrown out there that looks like it could have been programmed from a 10-year-old. And that is me being very, very And you come out of it not being able to walk or yeah. like you're absolutely shot. And no, definitely, I never came out of that with anything. Um, you know, you've got to think, masters, you know, we all haven't got the best knees and we haven't got the best shoulders and all this. And I think it was last year or maybe year before, I can't remember, um, but we had, um, there was another online comp with another um, um, master's competition running. Um, and one of the workouts involved, well, actually, this is one of the first years that we run, if I go back a few more years ago, we had something like 28 rope climbs. Oh, I remember that workout. It was an hour. Oh, did you? Yeah. It was an hour. It had wobbles. It had rope climbs. It had handstand push-ups. It had it had all sorts of stuff in it. And it finished with a one-mile run. Yeah, and it yeah. finished with a run. And it was like, uh, hang on, it's this, we're masters here. Like, we yeah. don't, do we really need to be doing this stuff? And yeah. it, it was really, people were ruined and they were wrecked. And that was one workout. Yeah. That wasn't, that wasn't like, four workouts that was one and then we still had four other workouts to yeah. do so yeah for me those sort of six tests um yeah I loved them because they yeah they for me it was just you went out there you tested that particular thing and you didn't have you know you weren't killed on it um and then you came back and and I think that probably why my nerves didn't get the better of me as well because I could look at all those tests because we obviously knew what they were mm. um, and um, I could look at all those tests and just sort of go, mm, oh, yeah, I can do that, I can do that, I can do that. I'll, I'll be okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll survive. Yeah, that's right. I'll survive and, and it, yeah, it was fine and I did survive and I never came out of that competition. I think I was back in the gym well, I had to come back and do the open. I had an oh, open yes. workout to you do. You flew back. So that was the Saturday and Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I had flew to back do Monday, an open, you? yeah, the next morning, oh, the deadlift, the deadlift handstand push-up, yeah. open oh, workout yes. I had to do the next day. But I didn't feel like I had been ruined from competition. Like I still yeah. think, I don't, I don't think I would have got any better score on that particular workout had I been fresh. Yeah. So I, you I know what I mean? You did very well in that workout. Yeah. With Handstand push-ups not being a strength. I remember yeah. judging you that following morning and, yeah, yeah, you seem to perform well considering yeah, yeah. you've just been on a flight yeah. and whatever Yeah, and then else. I just had the, the next day off. I think I had the next couple of days off, yeah. but I never felt – they were sort of forced days off because you know you need them yeah. even if your body doesn't feel like – you know, even if you think your body feels okay, you're like, no, well, hang on, I need them so I'll have them. But I never felt ruined from that competition, mm. not not through any of those workouts. Yeah, you know, general soreness, which most people get for any workout. Hmm. Now, before we go on to the final three questions, I've got one more question for you here. 
What advice do you have for a CrossFitter around your age, younger, older, I don't mind there, a CrossFitter who's new, someone who wants to get into competition, who's newer, who is around your age? Gosh, I would say just find a gym that you um, gel with, basically, people that you gel with, um, and just just do it. Just work through the, the progressions on on everything and just don't be scared to do it like there's so many masters out there um that are just doing uh, like incredible things and i'm not i'm not talking about you know looking at crossfit games masters or anything like that but just generally masters around the area that you can just look at and just go oh my gosh like what are they doing we have a a 60 plus lady here in western australia that is just she, you just watch her and you just go, she's like heading towards 70. Mm. And, and and like there's there's no reason not to do it really. Mm. You know, there's no reason not to do it. Just find people, find the gym that, that you gel with, that you fit in with there and then just work through the progressions and just do it. Don't even, don't even think about not doing it. Just don't, I suppose just don't do anything, don't feel like you have to do anything more than what you feel capable of if you're just starting. That would be the biggest thing too. And any advice around, well, same question, but going towards more competitive athletes, people who have been in it for a few years, like yourself? Um, I would say, yeah, find a good coach, find some good programming so you can progress to that competition. If you haven't, you know, competed before and you're just, you're just, you're, um, you know, you're just doing it in the gym, but you want to go a bit further, find a good coach with some good programming and just um yeah just go for it i mean the masters hq um competitions you know they, they all start off online competitions and they're mm. the fun bits because you get to do them in your gym and if you can progress through the online stuff and then you keep going like each stage obviously gets a bit harder and gets a bit harder but um starting off in your own gym with online stuff is definitely the way to go it's fun yeah yeah awesome and uh, I guess also just be smart with um, recovery and you know, be intelligent with your um, we are with your age. Definitely be smart with recovery. Have yeah. the days off. Don't kill yourself. You can, I mean, look, you can kill yourself for six, seven days and move like garbage, but in the end it'll get you. I, I believe my movement patterns have got better um, and I, I, I have always found it really difficult body awareness-wise um, but I, I feel like with the more days off, the more mobility, I feel like my movement patterns have got better as I've got older and not worse. Whereas I can, I, I look at some masters that are sort of going to normal gyms and stuff like that and they're just doing cardio and, and trying to kill themselves because I think that's the way it keeps fit and they're moving terribly. Mm. But because they're just doing cardio, do you know what I mean? I think the, the, the better, yeah, Find someone who can help you with how you move and your mobility, your recovery, and that's the longevity. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great advice to give. Um, awesome. Well, thanks for sharing all that. And we uh, now have our three questions that we ask all our guests at the end of our podcast. We sent these over to you to prepare, but mm -hmm. um, it's always great to just get a bit of a response from the heart. So the first question is, you got to relive a moment in your life. Which moment would that be? And uh, what would you change about it if you could? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a bit of an emotional one because there'd be people would have, you know, 20 different moments in their life that I'd like to change. But I suppose the biggest one for me 
was um, the week before my brother passed away. He, we had a, because um, he passed away the week before I was married. So he was, he passed on the Sunday. His funeral was the Thursday and I was married on the Saturday. And we had a um, bucks and a combined bucks and hens night on the Saturday night. And he had already had a few drinks. Obviously, I mentioned before he died from uh, drugs and alcohol overdose. He had had a few drinks and had whatever he'd had on the Saturday night and rang me and said that mum had told him not to come to our Bucks and Hens night because he'd already was half gone, you know, he'd already had a few drinks. And, and of course, I said to him, no, I think you should stay home. And, of course, I never seen him again. Not that that would have changed the outcome, obviously, of what ended up happening, but I suppose it's just that everybody wants that one last contact. So, yeah, for me, that's what it would be. Cool. Yeah, okay. That is that is an emotional one. Now, our second question. Yourself from 10 years from now mm -hmm. knocks on the front door. You open it. What advice do they give you? So this is what, 61-year-old Jackie now knocks <laughs> on your door? 61-year-old Jackie. That's scary. No, um, definitely just to, um, to trust yourself. If something doesn't feel right, then... Oh, Everybody's intuitive. Everybody has a certain amount of intuition. Obviously, some people are a little more intuitive than others, but everybody has those feelings of something's not right or something's not. Just listen to yourself on those ones. Um, really just trust yourself on your thoughts and feelings. And But I would also say to myself that if, you didn't, if you happen to not listen to yourself, you didn't take the, you know, you didn't listen to that intuitive side of you, don't beat yourself up about it either because we're all on our own journeys. I fully believe that we all end up in the same place that we're, we're all heading to a certain point. We just all have roads all over the place. We can take all different roads. So I definitely say listen to yourself more. There's definitely been times throughout my life where, um, I knew I shouldn't have been doing something. I knew that things weren't right. I knew, and I didn't listen to them. And then it panned out exactly as, you know, <laughs> I, I had thought it would, but didn't listen to myself. So mm. I would definitely say listen to yourself. But if you don't, just don't. Don't yourself. Yeah, don't, don't beat yourself up over it either because we're all heading, we're, we've all got a certain point we're going to. Really. Wise words, love it. So our last and final question, so... What is your game plan moving forward in your life? Um, at this point in time, I suppose after the um, COVID shutdowns, I was a little bit, I fell out of that, um, do I want to compete, don't I want to compete? And all of a sudden I've got the bike back. <laughs> 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 so I think, um, yeah, get back into a competition mode um, that and, and get my head in the right space for for um, competition and start working towards that again. Um, get over my son going to the army next week and once I'm past that hurdle, then, um, yeah, just get my head in the right space and, um, yeah, start going forward with that. That's, yeah, that's about it. I don't, I don't look, um, I actually don't look too far ahead in what I do. I sort of not make plans week to week, but I just, um, I don't, I don't have five-year or ten-year goals other than my general stay fit and healthy. Mm -hmm. Awesome. 
And then you would have got an exact timeline of when Mitch was uh, heading off to the army and that probably would have thrown a spanner in the works for you. Yeah, that's next. Not this Monday, next Monday. So I'm actually just trying to muddle my way through the next 10 days until he's gone and then so we'll shake off the stress. And <laughs> So we'll probably see in the gym a lot more around that time, even if it's just for the social aspect. Or, or just to throw barbells around. It, it's definitely a very good stress relief. So um. Yeah, we'll get past that bit. It's like your firstborn flying the coop. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks heaps for coming on, Jackie, and no thanks worries. for sharing your whole story with us. No worries at all. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right, now we go, let's go into a bit of a uh, outro. Outro. You don't need to talk for this part. Yeah. All right, well, that was Jackie Series, 2019 Masters World Champion winner. And, man, she was an awesome guest, very relatable, and a great a lot of, a big amount of wisdom, of wisdom there. And 1982 Australian record holder oh, for a 1,500-meter yeah. walk pace, the most important one, most important one. That's right. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Of course, as usual, if you're listening to this and you want to share it around with your friends, please do. We would love if you could take a screenshot of you listening to this. And just like share it on Instagram, share it on your social media, spread the uh, the, the uh, TGP Fit podcast around. Would love to help you um, share the message as well too. So we'll share your message if you share ours. Awesome! Thanks heaps for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next week. See ya. See you guys. <laughs>